It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. All right, Thursday, May 21st, coming at you. We're still stuck inside, but life is good. You guys look very handsome today over the Zoom. I must I must say, both you guys with the cutoffs today showing me up a bit. The gun show is in full effect. Look this at is, Ryan This Collins. is coming from the – Look at Ryan Collins. <laughs> that's great. What, is that a what, John what Cena shirt? shirt? That? Yeah, it's a John Cena shirt. Are you kidding me? Never give up, baby. You can't see me. John Cena yeah. is my favorite wrestler of all time, and I was big in the WWE as a kid. Okay, I was not – you're a big WWE guy and John Cena was your favorite. I think every kid – you're like from like your eight to ten year old range. You're like, oh, John Cena's my guy, and then you grow yeah. up a little bit, and then you're like, know what? I like the heels. I'm a big <laughs> like yeah. I like the bad guy. Like I yeah. love Edge. Like whenever I hear Edge's music, you think you know me. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. You're like, oh, I kind of like the Is that your number one? My number one. This is tough. I love The Rock, but I wasn't like old enough to watch him wrestle. Because I was, I was a big WWE guy. I'll, I got to go with the Hardy boys. I was a big Jeff Hardy Ooh. guy. Loved Jeff. Ooh. I forgot what his – do you remember what his finishing move was, Rebs? The Swanton Bomb. Oh, 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 oh. What a great move. Oh, my God. And then their little, like, the Matt Hardy, like, little finger thing that he did was electric, too. I love that. V1. Yeah, V1, oh, Matt Hardy. V1? Did you guys have the WWE video games? Yes, dude. Did you just do I, I, listen, I was not is, into wait, WWE. Wait, 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 wait. Was no, 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 no. This is his thing. V1. V1. <laughs> so that meant something so completely man, different. So yeah, his thing is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is a but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you had the WWE video games? Yeah, I had like SmackDown versus Raw 07. I had another version. Oh. Then I had like this. I had a WrestleMania game for the GameCube with Kurt Angle was the truth in that game. No and one could beat Kurt Angle. Rest, making your own wrestler or, like, doing, like, a career mode in wrestling games yes. was the greatest thing ever. Like, yes. my guy would always start an ECW grinding it out just so he could make it to the main Raw roster and then give people the work. <laughs> I was always Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. Shout out Mark Henry. Good good theme song, too. That's great. His entrance song was good. 3-6 Mafia. I, I was not in the WWE – at all i was just not like it wasn't introduced to me really so my favorite wrestler of all time is dennis rodman in the spirit of the last dance the fact that he's an nwo and my uncle big wrestling guy like he had those old wrestling cds i guess like i remember him playing like the rock song all the time when i was really young but like i was asking him i was like so he just he was a part of nwo he's like yeah rodman was like getting paid like a million dollars to just be an nwo for like a month yeah, no, that's I love it. I and I also that's how love big that, wrestling was then, though. Like it was yeah. cooking. It, it was, was better. Cooking. It's just it's pure real, entertainment. It's real to me. It's real to me. I don't even care that it's not real. It's still great. Like dude, it's if, brutal if, to watch now. It's bad. Dude, the product is so bad. Dude, if you don't get enjoyment out of Randy Orton RKOing Edge's wife, then I I, uh, I don't know if I'd be friend. That's just pure. That's hilarious. Lita. That's, did you see that he, he did that like a month and a half ago before all this happened? 
no, dude, remember when, remember when Edge and remember when Edge and Lita had like a full blown like sex party in the middle of the ring during that it's one a, episode of Raw? It's a great Twitter crazy. clip. This <laughs> yeah, sounds crazy. this sounds unbelievable. Also, no, Collins, they, they, I will it, say it, this: he's literally <laughs> getting like a. I'm not even gonna say it on because I, I don't know how it would go over. Yeah. But like it was like in, like imagine taking your eight year old kid to that and you're like, wow, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, that's great. Um, here's what I was gonna say. I could probably, I'm trying to take myself back to like one of the first times I met you and we had a conversation. I probably could have guessed back then that you'd be a big wrestling guy. Like that's oh, just yeah. it, you just love it. I it plays to all your this. strengths. I I loved wrestling. I used to watch it like every I, I would buy the pay per views every once in a while. But like I didn't like it for a little when I grew up to like twelve or something. And then when I got to be like sixteen, I kind of got meta and I was like, you know what? I'm back in on wrestling. For my sixteenth birthday, my mom used to like work at this backpack place and they had a deal with WWE, so we got free tickets to this event at Joe Louis Arena. So for my 16th birthday, I went to, like, a wrestling event because it was hilarious. <laughs> That's like, great. Yeah, it, Did it, you it bring your buddies? So, yeah, I brought one of my buddies. That, I, I, yeah, me and my neighbor, he had, like, one of those fake microphones, like the WWE fake microphones. We had the fake belts. We would always have fake matches. I loved WWE. But, like, I don't watch it now because I'm not a complete sociopath because I feel like once – like. It's not the same that it used to be. I feel like once you pass the age of, like, maybe, like, 15 or 16, it's not socially acceptable to watch Monday Night Raw every Monday. I might get back into it, though. I, I was at WrestleMania 23 at Ford Field when I think Donald Trump shaved Vince McMahon's head. Did Undertaker win that match? What, oh, yeah. Match? He had – yeah, he didn't lose until, like, recently to Brock Lesnar. I can't believe I know all this, but – And the streak. Movies. Yeah, I don't – I forgot who he wrestled for. That was – Whatever. The funny thing is I know these memories. names, but I don't, like, know anything about them. But I it's know the sad. names. It's sad that I think I know that Batista lost the uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania 23. I, like, we'll think that happened. We'll go through the archives. We'll get our stats guy on that. <laughs> but, Trent, who, you, who brought won, up, you brought up – I have one more question. One more go question. Ahead. Who was it who ripped the nose ring out of Dave Batista's nose? Who, who did that? Know. Ew. Oh, I, don't, I don't remember. I that. mean, it was, it was fake. It was. It, sorry, sorry if that if that hit no little, idea. If that hit, no, the, no hit the mark. Ew. They took I'm pliers queasy. and they like went in there and ripped them out. I'll it's say crazy. this: Batista, great entrance. Yeah, a well, powerful entrance. Yeah, the Batista bomb's a great finisher too. You're not getting up from that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's no DDT. I'll tell you that. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. The DDT, you're getting up on an easy two count. Batista bomb, no chance. Trent, you brought up Dennis Rodman, which I want to talk about the last dance now that that ended because that's like the biggest thing that's happened in sports in the last – what it feels like the last calendar year, which obviously is not true. What were we arguing about that you were like vehemently against me with? Was it – oh, it was Reggie Miller. Why don't you like Reggie Miller? I was – I was, I was watching – I remember watching that episode, and I think it was the end of episode eight – where uh, Reggie Miller has some quote about, like, I'm going to end Michael Jordan's career. And I was like, okay, hang on, can't wait till next Sunday. And then we see the Reggie Miller episode, and all I could – all I tell you guys, I think Reggie Miller was the truth. I mean, well, he was a bad man, Reggie Yeah, Miller. he was the truth, and he didn't do shit in his career. <laughs> I know he didn't, like, win. I know he didn't, like – but he's, like, dude, he's a baller, though. Like, he can ball. No, okay, ball you know who else is a baller? He's a good shooter. That's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> he's next. He was next. 
But I was just see though. No, Trent is right. Trent is right, Rabs. Like Reggie Miller was like a really good big game player, but like he made five All Star games. Like people talk about Reggie Miller as like a guy who made like double digit All Star. Yeah, they do. You're right. But I would just I was just watching this and I was like. I mean, Reggie Miller is like an all-time like top three trash talker in NBA history. But I was looking at, I was watching yeah. this episode, and I was like, God, they might need to roll out a, a Reggie Miller doc soon. They that have was, one, dude. There is one. Thirty for thirty. What yeah, time? dude. Well, I want a ten part. I want a ten no, part dude. Reggie Miller. I, the fact that you just said that just shows how uneducated you are. I can't I, believe you just said way. that. I, I, that I, was unbelievable, I know, dude. I've seen the thirty for. I'm, I've seen the. Then why'd you say it? I've said they want. I want a ten part Reggie Miller doc. About I want a 10-part like his... doc on Cheryl Miller. That's what I want. There's a doc about Cheryl Miller, too, on HBO. Wow, Trent, how uneducated of you. Yeah, uneducated, <laughs> both of you. Okay, all right. Oh. Well, I- I'm sorry. But I saw something on Twitter the other day, and it was like, everyone's mad that Isaiah didn't make the dream team. What about Reggie Miller? And I, like, almost threw my phone. <laughs> Seriously, I was upset. I was angry. That made was me Reggie that made Miller me good upset. in 92? Like, I don't even remember. Uh, right. Okay, I mean, so, Collins, I looked this up when you said that. He did make five All-Stars, but the first one is in 90, but he didn't make another one until 95. Okay. So, part yeah. of that probably is how good the guards were in the East. I'll, first of all. At the same time, go for it. I'm, I, I was getting – love the last dance. It was super entertaining, and it made, like, life feel, like, somewhat normal, that everyone on Twitter, like, tweeting yeah. about something, like, no, it was great for that. I'm tired of the people like, oh, I need a 10-part doc on this someone. Like, the next 10-part doc, we're going to get – like, we already knew this was kind of like a Jordan love fest. Like, I yeah. think he was, a, yeah. he, was a, like, he was a little bit more truthful and, like, forthright about his opinions. But it wasn't like – you already see that Pippen wasn't really happy how he was portrayed. Because that's what – it's a Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Like, it's not like – Well, look, that, put it and, this and way, I'm though. not saying it's not objective because I, I don't think it's like – all the way the other way where it's like, oh, th- this is nowhere near the truth. I just think it's like, this is Michael Jordan's truth. I'm tired of people like, oh, I need to see a 10-part doc about Shaq. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, you probably, right. like the, the thing that made this documentary so good is like the footage they have. Like, I, I, I don't need to see like some guy like showing me like why he was should have been like a top five player considered in the league. Like Shaq, I, I – that was annoying me so much. I, I like one-part documentaries. There's only a specific human being who can get, like, a 10-parter. It's like Tiger Woods, Michael yeah. Jordan, maybe LeBron, and, like – Tom I, Brady is – apparently Tom Brady is getting a nine-part one in 2021. Did you see that today on Twitter? Yeah. Like, what? I don't want to It's going to be – it's going to be ten or nine parts of him throwing check-down passes to Sony Michelle and uh, – <laughs> and, uh, What's the guy? Oh, Lawrence and Lawrence Maroney. Yeah, for, for ten straight hours. I cannot wait for the Drew Henson episode where they just talk about how he got benched by Drew Henson. Let me like, – let me – well, okay, wait. Were you going to say something else about that? No, it's I just – I, I, like, there will be a Michigan episode where it's like, yeah, I love Michigan. It was an honor to be yeah. captain, but I also got benched by Drew Henson. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate, by the way, I won't go on this tangent, but yeah, that, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in sports is is the Michigan fans just flaunting Tom Brady around like he's like one of them. What, what, right, he like, he's like, yeah, he's like a four-year yeah, four starter Heisman. They didn't winner. like yeah, him. Exactly. Like, fans didn't like Tom Brady. When he- I know. I don't think that was the – I think they were all – it was like classic Michigan where it was like, oh, this Drew Henson guy is next. So, like, Brady's fine, but he's not, like, the Messiah. 
Well, yeah, so it's I like Shay. Shay goes on and wins six rings, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, Shay Patterson, that's our guy. Like, well, it's no. kind of like, like me, I, like being a Michigan State fan. I'm like, you know what? Brian Hoyer, that's my guy. <laughs> in, in, like, in realization, he was like pretty mediocre quarterback at Michigan State. But, hey, he's my guy. But that's all great. That's all great. But what I was going to say was, and just real quick, I think the reason the last dance upset some people, some people being Scotty, Horace Grant, whoever, is because it was branded as – a documentary about the 98 season because they had all that footage, I understand. So, that, so they framed it that way and with the whole timeline thing, jumping back and forth. But the rest was all about Michael Jordan. Obviously, there's like an episode or two that focuses on Rodman and Pippen and whatever. But it's like Scottie Pippen was like vilified in that documentary. Like they, they think about it. Like the top five Scottie moments. No, the, the top five Scottie moments in there were like, Oh, he wouldn't go back in for that one shot. And then well, that's uh, a big yeah. moment. He, kept, he kept going the to the locker room yeah. during 98. Yeah, the, migraine. the migraine thing. Uh, I just, it was the like. money. Kinda, wanting yeah, to get the, traded. The money. I yeah, agree. yeah. Scotty was selfish by getting surgery. Like, Michael, you probably would have done the same thing. I don't know. I get fired up. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind I'll of thing. Say, what's it called? First of all. Was Scotty Pippen like that good? Like people like give that yes, like I, very good, dude. My dad, my I, I was I'm in this group chat with my dad and my uncles and one of my second cousins, and my dad was like, I don't think Scotty Pippen's a top fifty NBA player of all time, and everyone thought my dad was crazy. But that's Kyle. It's interesting that you bring that up because again, didn't never watch Scotty. No, Pippen. no idea. The, I the, review, the reviews on Scotty Pippen are so like uh, like. He yeah. was either like, oh, he was garbage. He got carried by Jordan, or it's like, oh, he was the best like guard defender of all time. Like, I, someone needs to like get, tell me that if he was good. Like, is he good? I, I mean, he's obviously me. good, but like <laughs> people talk about him like a top twenty-five player. I don't know if that's right. Like, you so, look at his numbers, you're like, yikes, they're not that yeah. great. He but, does like, not. That's, he doesn't he win if he doesn't have Michael. He doesn't win if he doesn't have Michael. But honestly, you could say the same thing because Scotty didn't or Michael didn't win a playoff series until he got Scotty, whatever. But Scotty Pippen, this this is my biggest Scotty thing. Then we can then we can move on and talk about Detroit or whatever, unless you guys want to keep doing this. But Scotty Pippen to about, took the '94 Bulls. I, I know everyone knows this story. The '93 Bulls won 57 games with Michael Jordan. Michael retires to go play baseball. Scotty wins 55 games with that same Wait. exact team. Like, he, he won two less games, and he took the, the Bulls to the second round. They lost to the Knicks in seven games. He almost made the, the conference finals with that same Bulls team that Michael Jordan and them won a championship with. So, like, maybe may, he's not in the upper – obviously, he's not in the upper echelon. No one's really arguing that. But he's definitely – I mean, he's a first belt Hall of Famer, and he, I think he was the best perimeter defender in the league back then. I really do. Well, like, for a few years at least. So, 98 when they were showing his back breaking down and stuff. I get that. But I think in the mid-90s, he definitely was the best uh, perimeter defender in the league. So, I mean, that's a, that's a nice little luxury to have. If you're like, I'll, say, I'll say this about Scotty Pimpin just for, like, what I've always grown up. I think the only thing Scotty Pimpin gets mentioned is, like, oh, great duos, Jordan Pippen, like, Gretzky, like, Messier. Like, the, like when they say that type of stuff, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, great duos. And then they're like, oh, is Pippin a good player? They're like, oh, he was fine. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like oh, okay. So I, I get confused with that. One more thing real quick. That 94 season was the best season he ever had. He averaged 22 points, nine rebounds, three steals, five that's, and a half assists. Pretty that's, good. That's pretty, pretty good. good. 
That's pretty good. And he lost to Patrick Ewing's Knicks, who was also pretty good. Pretty good. Trent, you know I'm a LeBron guy, and we, we can move on after this, but you know I'm a LeBron guy. I stand with you in solidarity on that front. And I was a do big, ya? like – Do you? Well, Trent, I do, and I don't want I don't you to know. take what I say. <laughs> I Dude, I, look, look. LeBron James is the best athlete I've ever seen. He's the best basketball player I've, I've ever witnessed. I would actually say I would die on the hill that LeBron is a better player of the game of basketball than Michael. But I got to ask if at any point in this documentary, you're like, you know what? Maybe MJ is the greatest to ever do it. Well, I mean, because, dude, he gets the, whatever they said in that first episode about, I think it was Michael Wilbon. It's Ali, Babe Ruth, and Michael Jordan. And Tiger LeBron, Woods. it's Tiger. Sure, you can put Tiger Woods in there too. But the thing with Michael Jordan is he was like the first basketball player. And again, you're a product of your era and pop culture and a lot of things that played yeah. into it. But I remember seeing the episode where they went, wherever they went internationally with the dream team, the way Michael Jordan was received, like Kobe got gets received or make you rest in peace, got received that way in China. I feel like LeBron does not get that nod as being like a transcendent cultural figure like Michael does. And I, again, I love LeBron. LeBron, he's more, I think he's more done, accessible. Who is it's not as much LeBron is. There's not as much of a shock oh, factor because he's always fair. in the public eye. There's social media and he's very outspoken. I don't know. And like you said, you're a product of your era. So like, it's not his fault. It's not Michael's fault, but that's yeah. just, that's, that's my just, take on it. I don't know. Yeah. It's LeBron's can't. a bum. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can no longer, I can no longer put energy into the MJ LeBron debate. It's I so did annoying. not see, I did not see MJ play. I think if you put LeBron in MJ's era or vice versa, they would both do equally as well. I I mean, maybe LeBron might have had a field day in, in MJ's era because that's so, his size and his athleticism. But I don't know, dude. I, I think, I think watching Michael Jordan play basketball, do I give LeBron the nod of like, better basketball player, maybe better athlete. I probably see a freak. So yes, but it's just like you watch MJ might've been the coolest dude to ever live. But <laughs> Like he's so cool. He's, he's so a, cool. Very cool. cool too, but not like, like MJ, because here's the thing, dude, MJ and Kobe are the only two people that are wired. Like they're so sick in the brain. And I get everyone's saying after this documentary, yeah, MJ was kind of an asshole. I get it. But there's like that. There's something to be said about what it takes to win. And I don't think you have to be like a terrible person to your teammates. And I'm reading the Jordan rules right now, and not a lot of his teammates like them very much. But it's like, dude, Kobe, literally, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant did not care about anything else but winning basketball games and winning titles. That's it. And that's where I think LeBron cares on that front too. But you see what they sacrifice. MJ's been like divorced two times. You don't really, you didn't get to see much of his family in that documentary, which I think says something like LeBron's a good, he's a family guy, doesn't get into trouble. So that's like kind of the sacrifice. But I do, MJ's just so cool. He's so cool. Dude, who's had a bigger like, like last week, MJ or Sam Smith? Dude, yeah. Why, why, why are people <laughs> all in Sam Smith's case? By the way, dude, he was like, does he have some like disease? He was like brutal to watch in that documentary. What do you mean? Just like He's fidgeting fine. with his face the whole. Like, he just he was like, talking, I don't know. Why are you saying that? Like, like why like, do you say that? His, Who cares? It was. I don't. I don't care. But it was just weird. sounds like you do. Sounds like you're. Sounds like you're a horrible I'm person. Jordan rules right now. By I the think way, the Horace reason Grant, everyone's Horace so Grant was the truth. I will. You know what? 
I will defend Horace Grant till I die because yeah, because he hates Jordan. Is, is that's because you love Elgin. I, I do not even like Horace Grant. I oh, I don't LJ like Horace together. Grant. Wow. LJ, yeah, LJ. I, one time, nice. one time, Michael Jordan referred to LeBron as LJ, and everyone was like pissed about it on Twitter. They were like, "Dude, it's LBJ. It's not LJ." And I, I, I was one of them. I didn't, I didn't tweet anything. But I want to answer your question real quick, real quick. Give me yes, thirty yeah. seconds. I could talk for twenty minutes, but I'll. I know. I of <laughs> course, when I'm watching this stuff, because I have not lived through it either. I'm watching it, and of course, I am thinking to myself. Wow, like Michael Jordan, pretty. But to me, it, all that documentary did for me, ninety-five percent of it, just showed me that that Bulls team, those Bulls teams, were the greatest assembled like cast ever. That was the. Mm. So it's put it this way, Scottie Pippen, like I just said, was the best defender in the league. Rodman was the best rebounder in the league. Steve Kerr was a top five shooter in the league. It's like if LeBron James. Right now, so you give him the best offender. Let's not do this. I don't want to do this. All all I'm saying is like – You got a point. People people would Steve Kerr was not like a top five. Steve Kerr and Scotty – first of all, Dennis Rodman was like lost. He shot like 45%. Dennis – no, but yeah, he shot the ball three times a game. Dennis Rodman – Dennis, I'll say this. Dennis Rodman was washed in 98. 96 and 97, I think he still averaged 15 rebounds a game. No, he's not saying – That's pretty damn good. Dennis Rodman was still very good, but he wasn't like yeah. prime Pistons. Dennis Rodman. I I, I want to move on no. from this, and I, yeah. last thing I'm going to say about this: the reason LeBron and Jordan and Jordan's better. I don't know why LeBron changed his logo when he went to Miami, but his logo stinks. It's so bad. His old one with the lion. Do you remember that one, Trent? Yeah, I do, I do. Why did he get rid of that? That uh, the, we're moving the, the on. Fine. What? I like. I like. Crown the is the crown is is it makes sense. He's the king, dude. Yeah, but it, it doesn't look good on stuff. It's weird. It's always like, what is, is that now? Is that a J or is that like, is, is that a JL? Like, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm always, is like uh, is that a person? Is that actually Michael Jordan? It's, is he yeah. wearing pants, not shorts? No, dude. His, his logo is cool. The LeBron Lion one was sick. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the okay. okay. three one I, I doesn't even do that one anymore. All right, let's let's stay on the topic of basketball, though. Uh, we haven't talked Pistons in so long. I feel like. uh, let's Obviously, go. Again, NBA was like the first league, too, to kind of shut down. So uh, where we're at now, uh, I think – I guess the draft was supposed to take place this week, in theory, or the lottery or something, or both of them. Um, so let's look at the Pistons then. I think that the way I was reading this was they – if the season were to end today, and assuming they don't play any more games, who knows, they can't pick any lower than nine. Um, they have like a 10% chance for number one, but all these mocks I'm looking at, they have them at like round five, six, seven, whatever. Five, yeah. Um, so obviously, look, I mean, th- this is the first year in recent memory where I think we're all on aboard the train of like, okay, the tank is on, the rebuild starts with this pick right here. Where, wherever they pick, whoever this player is. Um, so I, I guess the, the good thing is, again, you, you get rid of Andre Drummond. You have a lot of free agents this year. I assume they're going to re-sign Christian Wood. They probably That's should, true. too. They probably And they're going to overpay. But they have to. I guess. They have to. Right, right. Yeah. They, have they have to. to. They have to. But as far as – If you're going to save all the, this money, you got to spend it somewhere. I agree, and yes. And they, and there's they, no they better have, free agents yes. anyways. So you just got to hope you start drafting guys. Kennard gets better. Seku gets better. And something happens. 
I didn't mean to so, cut you off. Sorry. So on the legs, well, on the legs of the draft, then Trent, we'll start with you. As far as let's say, I mean, again, we don't really know as far as where they're supposed to pick because the the lottery hasn't happened. But what do you think is priority number one? Who are you looking at in the first round for the Pistons? All right. Well, Anthony Edwards is the truth, but he's not going to be on the board past two or three. So I, I think like it. <laughs> put it this way. Well, no, no. Okay. I, I shouldn't say it's the truth because I actually, I, I like Obi Toppin more. So I, I want to talk about Obi Toppin for a second. Obi Toppin. Now here's the thing. The red flag with Obi Toppin is he's a senior. So he's, he's, you know, it's, it's like he's a junior actually. Is he? Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe I stand credit. Either way. He's not, he's not like a young spry dude. Like last year, the right. Pist- like Sekou Demboya is still factually the youngest player in the association. So that you, you're kind of like playing both ends of the, both ends of the side there. But like, I I'll tell you what I want. Obi Toppin. And I know, I don't know if you guys know uh, Andrew at the station. He's a big Cavs fan. He wants them too. We were talking about this the other night, Pistons and Cavs. I think they're, they're, they're both in the running for Obi Toppin because he's an all round player. He can score. He's got size. He plays the wing like, as in, you know, small forward, which is probably the most prominent position in the league right now. Uh, like LeBron, Giannis, Paul George, Kawhi, all those dudes. So I just think if you're going to do this, you got to try to – they say the NFL is the biggest copycat league, and it is, but the NBA should be too. And if these teams that have these elite threes are winning, then you got to try to do something with that. And right now the Pistons three, obviously you have Seku, but he's a couple years away. Obi Toppin can pretty much play the two, three, or the four. So I, I just – for some reason I just really like him because he can do everything. He can slash, he can shoot, he can pass, he can play defense, he's long and athletic, yada, yada, yada. That's who I want. And I'll tell you one right now, right before, before I let you guys go, I don't want James Wiseman. And the reason is because you just did all this work, quote, unquote, work to get rid of Andre Drummond. Those days are finally behind you. Don't start building around another big man. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. It might make it might, the playoffs a couple times, whatever. Don't want Wiseman. I, yeah, I'm cautious about Wiseman. I mean, he's played like 12 basketball games. I mean, and you, you went, and I don't know when the NBA will start. That's maybe next Christmas. But, like, he wouldn't have played competitive basketball basically for a year until he tips. And I know that's not the goal because it's these all these guys are long-term answers. No one's going to be make, like, super immediate impacts. Like, you'll have, like, a Donovan Mitchell and stuff. But, like, that's every once in a great while. Or you'll have your, like, Zions. Like, this draft isn't great. It just isn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have that one guy. And some people can argue Anthony Edwards. And I watched Anthony Edwards put up 35 against Michigan State, and I don't believe in him. That's like that. It, it might sound crazy. It was like one of the best shooting displays I've ever seen. I think he could be a very productive player in the league. But like, I don't like. He has a high ceiling. There's something like stagnant, bulky. He doesn't. He isn't as fluid as I would like a number one pick to be. And when I'm looking at this, like, top five, I want the Pistons to take Lamelo Ball. I think you take the biggest swing, and I think he's the biggest risk, but he's the biggest reward in this draft. I think you can argue him and James Wiseman. It's him, Wiseman, and Edwards for upside. I mean, you look at Lamelo; he sits seven, he plays point guard. And, Trent, when you're saying, like, prominent positions and, like, key players, like, they're threes, I think it's more important what your point guard is. Like, LeBron's the point guard. He's not a small forward. Like, yeah, that's true. That's all, definitely like, true. Like, like I, I, like you need someone to run the offense. Like ever since they've traded Chauncey, they have not had a point guard who's like maybe considered like I mean Reggie Jackson might have had that one year where he was considered maybe a top ten point guard. They've hadn't had a top ten point guard for at least like one year since Chauncey. 
So I, I would like them to go guard. And when you're talking – like, I, maybe not draft a wing because Seiko. Like, you just drafted one. Yeah. I, I'm assuming they're going to pay Luke Kennard. I hope they do. I hope they don't just give him away for a bag of balls. But I, I think you have some wing depth. Not wing depth, but, like, interesting wing pieces. I think the one – like position that you don't have an interesting young guy that maybe like, Oh, maybe he can turn into something as point guard. So I would like to see him get a point guard. And I think Lamelo is the best point guard in this draft. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with the sentiment of, of, of going guard. I mean, I just, my thing is, as you said, I don't see even, even like Obi Toppin and, and James Edwards, James Edwards, I don't see, or I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards. I don't see anyone coming out of this draft that like in 10 years from now, I'm like, wow, that draft in 2020, like, this was a great class. I really don't. I don't see it's any talent here. And, and, you know, as far as LaMelo Ball, I look, I knowing the way the Pistons operate, if LaMelo Ball – whatever team drafts LaMelo Ball, like, you get a little bit of pop culture there. You're like a, a pop no, it's culture big. I mean, it's a bump. Ticket like, it's sales. A, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a ticket sale bump immediately. Like, people will buy LaMelo Ball jerseys whether he's good or not. I just think the point guard position, despite what people say about, you know, positionless basketball and whatnot, as you said, Collins, to have someone that can run the offense that's, like, intelligent and can, and can be versatile as far as scoring ability and passing ability, LaMelo Ball has some good tools. I'll give him that. But this is not the guy that's going to take you to the – like, this guy's not winning you a, a championship. And I get that you – Never know. Within, he's, he's not. You have to – and if he is, then we can come back to this episode and I'll, I'll eat crow. But – this is this is not someone that is going to take your team from from A to B as far as moving the needle of your of your youth movement and your rebuild. I don't know if there's anyone in this top ten that does that. I would like, yeah, Obi Top, and I think Trent. To your to your point, even though I would like to see them take a guard, I think he's the most well-rounded player that's probably supposed to go in this top ten, and he's proven a lot to you this year. So that would be a good piece to have. Obviously, Seku's still young, so he's you know you need to give him time to pan out. But I think the frustrating thing here is, as far as the guards go, and I, you're not going to be picking at number one. I, I doubt it. I would have to imagine that the highest you get is probably three or four. So get get comfortable in that five range. And, and whatever guards are available, take your pick. I just don't think any of these guys are, are really moving the needle for you as a team. Like the, the point guard that's going to take the, the Pistons over the top is going to be a big free agent signing come time when they're ready to move. Like that's, that's just how it is, in my opinion. Well, I will say this real quick. I, I just want to – I don't want, I don't want my uh, message to get a little misconstrued. My thing is I want Obi Toppin because, like you said, Rabs, he's the most well-rounded player in this draft, I believe, at least as, as high as he is. But I, it has to be him or a guard. Like, he's the only forward that I would want. Like, I, you, you can't go big man, obviously, because of what we said about Dre. So I completely agree with you guys. If, if Obi's not there or if you just – if, the, if you want to go in a different direction, then go guard. You have to. I, I mean, if they win the lottery, say they – because they have a decent chance to do that. They have, like, third best odds. Yeah. Third best odds technically. But, like, I want – like, if they win the lottery, take Anthony Edwards because he has the highest ceiling. Like, I don't – like, I wouldn't care about that. That's, yeah. like – that's fine in my book. It doesn't mean I love them. But you looked at the point guards. You got LaMelo, Killian Hayes, and Tyrese Halliburton. Like, I could. I, I think the Pistons end up drafting one of those guys if they're if they stay in the top five or six. Like, I, I just think they're going to. So, I, if you're a Pistons fan, I think you hope for Lamelo Ball because I think, like you said, Reps, 
and this might be a bad reason, but the Pistons are like not dead in this town, but they don't move the needle. No like, juice. No juice. Like it would immediately inject some life into that organization that needs it. So to and, that and point, it, to that point, that's extremely true. By the way, Lamelo Ball. If you bring in Lamelo Ball, that that's like a culture change, or you're at least starting to push for that. That they'll just be a, it'll feel like, like you said, not like. I don't even know how to explain it. You're just like, oh, you're on Twitter. The Pistons are going to be on Twitter every night because they got LaMelo Ball. Like, people will be tweeting out clips of LaMelo Ball. And I know that might not necessarily lead to winning, but at this point of this franchise, are you, like, is Tyrese Halliburton going to be better than LaMelo Ball? I don't think so. I don't know a lot about Killian Hayes because he's an international player. But, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm also one of those guys – if you draft an international player, I, like, hate it the first, like, five minutes, and then I yeah. buy into it. And then I'm like, people, if they, if he was on stateside, he would be going number one. Like, I love that buzz out of an international player. But, like, I just want the Pistons to take a guy with a high ceiling. That's why I disagree with you guys. I don't want them to take, like, a guy like Obi Toppin because I don't think his ceiling's very high. Like, I think he could be a very productive NBA player. Like, you see P.J. Washington right now for the Hornets. He's productive, but like what he is in year one is probably what he's going to be in year 10. Like that's just like, like not year 10, like year seven or six, because he, he's very athletic and stuff like that, but his offensive game is limited. And I, I and his jump shot to me is kind of, eh. So I, I, I would steer away from Obi Toppin. I do think he'll be a good NBA player and he's probably a sure thing. If you take him, like in the top 10 to be a productive, like fifth, I mean, fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth guy on your roster. But I, I, I don't see him becoming like a superstar. And if you're in the top five, you might as well be shooting to find a guy who's a franchise cornerstone. Great point. Yeah, man. I, I just, again, I, I think that when I look at this draft, it's just there, I am, I don't know if I've ever been like so unexcited for a draft in like recent memory for like the NBA draft is usually awesome. Like it's a great watch. Yeah. There's like the, like the NBA talent is so fun to just like wrap yourself around. I just don't see it with this draft. And that's why one of the things that's frustrating to me about this whole timeline of how long it took for these guys to rebuild, look how many tremendous players have come in the NBA and are making impacts in their, you know, year, year one, two, three. And like the, the, the Pistons have been sitting in this, just doing nothing well, for so many years. Well, they keep draft picks. They, they keep. Exactly. They do. That's another, another piece to, to the issue too. And it just, I, I, it's, it's frustrating. On the fly question. More upset that the Pistons took Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell or Stanley Johnson over Devin Booker. Stanley. Stanley. And not even Devin Booker. I want a Justice Winslow. Like, I know. I'm yeah, that, you're, no, you're right. In the time, that was the pick. Everyone wanted Justin Winslow in the time. Dude, so, the how about that? Justice is, Winslow like, or Donovan Mitchell? I was not upset about Luke Kennard because we had Reggie at the time. And Donovan Mitchell, like, he's like a kind of a combo guard. So, and, and Reggie was coming off his good year. So I kind of get why they didn't do that, but the whole Justice Winslow Stanley thing didn't make sense. I was so upset, like when that Luke happened. Luke Kennard was actually a good player too. So yeah, yeah, Luke Kennard's been I, I, yeah. solid. I just wanted I wanted to get that out there that yeah, people. No, I agree. People get mad like they sh are deservingly mad. They probably should have picked Donovan Mitchell, but like for where you got Luke Kennard, he's actually been a pretty productive player. Like not a lot of 12th picks in the draft. Like, like he's fine. He's a good NBA player. Like you can And that's the it. kind of player that like those, I'm not, obviously the Pistons are so far away from competing and stuff, but that those players are on championship teams and, and 
championship competitive team. So it's like, you got to go for it, man. I don't know. I think he's, an a, he's somewhat he's, of an asset. He's like, one of three players on this roster right now that like you need to just build around, you know? So it's, I, not, even yeah. that, it's not even build around. They have, how many assets do the Pistons have coming into this draft? Christian Wood, Luke Kennard, and is that it? Seku? Seku, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's really. it. I, unless you want to throw Bruce Brown in there, but probably not. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a Bruce Brown guy. You know no, that. I, I, love, I love Bruce Brown guy. I, I love Bruce Brown just as much as the next guy. But like, he can't – you know, his offense well, that's, hasn't look, improved that's, at all. That's, that's the thing with the Pistons. And you look at their roster, obviously Langston Gallo is going to be a free agent after this season. Thank God. Bra- Brandon Knight, Henson. Like, you're, you're going to you, – your God. roster – your roster is going to look much, much younger, assuming the only person they re-sign that they're going to, they're supposed to lose is Christian Wood. Obviously, they're not – I don't know what they're – who they plan on keeping around because a lot of these guys seem to just be like salary dump, you know, one, one year, half a year guys that you bring in. But that's for like a guy like Bruce Brown or a guy like Kyrie Thomas. You need one of these guys to step in and fill a role because you don't have a flashy team. You don't have flashy young talent. You just don't. Like well, no one, no one in the NBA knows who Bruce Brown is. Besides people that live in Michigan and parts of Ohio, that's it. Those are the only I, people that know who Bruce Brown is. And and the good folks in Miami, Miami, watch him play college, yes. watch him some college ball. <laughs> yeah. So the, don't disparage those folks. But uh, when you look at the Pistons, and I've I've not been going to this again because I say this over and over on this podcast that the Pistons just gotta take bad contracts to get some sort of assets for young players. As long as you have Blake Griffin, who I think when he comes back from injury will be somewhat a like solid player, but right, he has until, until he gets hurt again in game fifty-five. It, he has an immovable contract. You're not moving that contract. So throughout the duration of his contract, embrace the tank. Just embrace it because the fact of the matter is the next two years are not great free agent years either, and the pit and. I hate to say it, Detroit's not really a hot zone for NBA players to come in free agents. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Unless unless this team is becoming an established franchise that has really good players on it, like Milwaukee, no NBA players don't want to come there for free agency. It's just a fact. What's so, the biggest Pistons free agent signing of all time? Let's think what do about it. Do you have an idea? Antonio McDice? I don't really. <laughs> did they did they sign Ben Gordon? Yeah, yeah, but he yeah, sucked. Yeah. I know, I know, but, like, but that was a name. Time, that was a that was a name. Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Josh Smith honestly might be. Josh yeah, Smith but so again, if you're t- if you're talking about like names that were like, wow, this guy's coming into. I'm looking this like, up. I would say Josh. Yeah, I would right. say Josh Smith. Because well, like otherwise, it's like, well, yeah, they 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 got Bill Lane Beer for a great value, and then he you know won you two championships, and everything. But yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of like big names who were like Charlie V. Ch- <laughs> yeah. That's, I, and with that, I think we can wrap up Pistons. Wait, wait, unless, wait. unless unless you want to keep rolling with it. But no, I, just, I, I heard Charlie this. V, and I tuned out. Well, we didn't say Chauncey, but I know I, that was not the sentiment that we were talking about. But right? Yeah, we're talking I mean, about she, like big names. She was a trade, but that's yeah, probably the I, biggest one. That one or the Mark Aguirre trade are the two biggest trades the Pistons have done. Yeah, because yeah. they, they directly I, led the championships. Honestly, the biggest like free agent signings that the Pistons really like made from like 04 to what you're talking about is Charlie V, Ben Gordon, Josh Smith, and Antonio Medice. And they paid Antonio Medice four years, $22 million. Like I mean, that's wasn't, like. Did it, wasn't Chauncey a free agent? 
Yeah, but that's not the sentiment we're talking about, where it's yeah, just like, oh, yeah. they, they lured a guy to come to Detroit. Like, yeah, yeah. It was more like, oh, the Pistons kind of stole Chauncey. Like, no one really wanted to pay him. Right. All right. Is that it for Pistons? Yes. These guys are so they're, – they're so far away, dude. They're doing, they're, they're doing the right thing now. But, again, it feels like they've been so far away for so long, and now it's just going to take even longer. That's just what it is. I, I don't even know what it to say. It is what it is. That is it is what now. it is. Embrace the tank. All right, let's do Lions. We teased, uh, I think, last week when we talked, the schedule was supposed to come out on the day that we recorded, and we talked about the Lions and Bears week one. The schedule is now fully out now. I don't know how we want to attack this. I'm sure Trent has dissected every single game and can give us why the Lions are going to win, and they're going to win 13 games this year. Do we want to play the schedule game? Do we want to play the record game? I have, we can I do it. Have Let's a, do it. No, I have a fun – no, we're not doing the record game. Because <laughs> we're, we're going to get in arguments, and I don't want to do that. I have a fun idea where we do the paper bad game, like the game that the Lions fans show up and, like, the season's <laughs> over. Like, you can you can option out. It cannot be the – it could also be, like, the ring game where you, they show the guy with the Super Bowl ring on his head. Like, what game is like, oh, the Lions are starting to push? Or, like, think just, like, Lions moments. Like, what – you pick a game, you're like, that's the moment the Lions, like – embarrass themselves on CBS and Gus Johnson's calling the game for some reason. And you're like hearts in pieces after the Domicron Sioux misses an extra point that costs you a game against the Jets. <laughs> I remember that so clearly. Yeah. My that's dad what I'm saying. Like, game and he came home and was so upset. I'm trying to like, think it, think yourself. I think a paper bad thing is a good idea for like what game, like you got the paper bag on. Okay. What, the, I yeah, what game are you drinking the Honolulu blue Kool-Aid? Like, the Buccaneers, week 16, has to be, right? Because uh, that was and now in another category, drunkest game, drunkest <laughs> fan game. Okay, that might be it. You're, dude, what is, you're, you're off your rocker right now with these categories. Here's the game I'm looking at. You know what game I'm looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at week 14, week 14 Packers at Lions. The Lions are going to need to win the game to stay in the hunt for the North. They're going to get blown out. Paper bad game. Gone at halftime. That's a gone at halftime. Okay. They're going to be booing the killing team. me. They're going to be no. booing the team coming off the field at halftime. No, no, it's going to be the, all Packers fans for the second half. No, that, that's the that's the sad Lions fan sitting in a sea of blue seats game where everyone's left and like the one guy who's painted in silver is sitting there as Aaron Rodgers is just marching up the field for like the fifth time today. Oh man, it's it hits way too close to home and. You guys are killing me. You're gonna make you're gonna make me get very upset if you keep doing this. You gotta give me, in, give me in, a positive category for one of these. Pick out a game and be like the Matthew Stafford game. Like I don't even know because there's right, no. I'll, I'll, give I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. The yearly, Add the yearly. Titans. This might be the year game. This might be <laughs> yeah. the year game. Add Titans week fifteen. Lions roll them. They roll them this... doing what the Titans do. Carry on as like 150 rushing yards. Swift goes for like 40. Nice little balance. Dude, and, and we didn't even talk about my favorite tweet that I tweet every year, the annual Detroit Lions, Lions and Cardinals at Arizona. <laughs> it's the my annual tweet. I tweet it every year. It's the a, greatest hey, tradition in sports. It's a tradition like unlike any other. It will be 4.05. It will be like the one of the two games on Red Zone, and it will probably be 13 to like 8 somehow. It's just always just like such a bad game. And ends is so unsatisfactory. So that, that's my the annual the game, as some people are starting to call it. 
Well, in all seriousness. And that's great rivalry in the NFL. So, to that point, Collins, the Cardinals game is week three. And I think, I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of what the Lions are actually going to be like in the first four weeks. You got a bye week in the fifth week. So, I think that's I hate the that, four games. By the way. Why, why do the Lions always get screwed with bye weeks? It's well, not impossible think, to get screwed with bye weeks, but we do every year. Okay. I think in 2016, when we were good, when we, you know, until Stafford broke his finger and we, lost, we didn't win after that, but. They were seven and two, I think, and first in the north, and then they had their bye. They had like a week ten bye, and it was perfect. Yeah. Okay, are you guys ready for this? The yeah, Lions Redskins game on November fifteenth will be the annual we bring Barry Sanders into the booth game because no one has anything interesting to say about the game. And he'll just <laughs> he'll just talk for like fifteen He's minutes. So bad in the booth, dude. It's, it's like so, so hard to listen to. And I love Barry. We all love Barry. Yeah, yeah. Some, I mean, some guys I, I, just I, not I, cut for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons-Lions game is like the Dick Stockton, like, Mark Schlereth game where they don't know what's going on. I'm no one's, yeah, no, no one's watched the Lions all year. They're just making things up with players. They're just like, wow, Hawkinson really taking over this game. So you know, he did that at Iowa. He did that at Iowa quite a bit. Didn't know Dick Stockton was just like, yeah, when Matthew Stafford was slinging it at Florida – like just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. just saying wrong colleges. Did stop. Did stop him. Memorizing sports <laughs> announcing legend. Do you Where guys do remember it? the Arizona game last year? For yes. week one, how bad the announcing was. Yeah, it was horrible. And it, it only makes you more upset when the Lions start to blow it too. Then the announcing starts to piss you off. Dude, no one, no one watches world the Lions though. You guys know that no one that covers these games ever watches the Lions. They have no idea what's going no, on. Of course not. Neither them. do the people who predict the schedules and think that we're going three and thirteen this year. What's the, hey, what's the over under? What's the over under? The Vegas over under for the Lions? I would assume like five and a half. I was gonna say I think it's like four and a half or five and a half. I, dude, it's, it's a tough schedule though. They kind of yeah. do. But like, what does that mean, though, dude? Like, no one's no, no, it doesn't. Game. The NFL, the <laughs> NFL is such a it like turns around in one year, so it could be yeah. super easy. But like on paper, you could be like Texans could be a playoff team, Packers, Titans, Bucks, Vikings, uh, Panthers. No, not really. They're probably having a down year. Colts, Colts. no, no. Colts can make the playoffs. Well, we'll beat them. Okay. I'll bet on it right now. That's not what I'm. They got Phil Rivers. That's not the question I was answering. Okay, okay. You're you're doing the tough schedule thing. I got you. And if like like teams that like maybe like oh they made some splashy moves and like they could be interesting to play against. I think the Jaguars Lions game will be the game you take a nap in. Like you're just like oh my god. Like the Lions are two touchdowns. (laughs) Stafford's lighting it up because like even though the Jets are pretty good defense, they're not very good. But you're just like sitting on your couch, or like, wow, the Lions never really playing Jacksonville. This is a really boring game. I'm gonna take a quick nap, and then you wake up yeah. in the third quarter. It's like 21 to 10. They're like, oh, I'm gonna just finish the nap and just go to bed. Like, I know, I know, we said we're not gonna do the record thing, but I think we, I, I, as far as just getting a gauge of what I think this team is capable of. I think this team is capable of 10 wins. I really do. I'm not going to give you game by game, but I will say this. I think if the Lions go, because the Lions have the Bears at home week one, they go to the Packers on the road week two. I think if the Lions are 0-2 out of that two-game stretch, people are going to jump ship very quick. You need to get a division win out of at least one of those two games. They should win both. They, they just should. Well, like, I'm, and- like, they, they should. 
And look, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna get into. I think we're gonna get a pretty good idea of what the Lions are gonna look like in those first four games before the bye week, because the Bears and the Packers, like you said, divisional opponents. And you know what? Like maybe on paper the Lions are better than both of them right now. Who knows? But you have to get one win, and then like at Cardinals is gonna be tough. They just traded for New Hopkins. You know they got Kenyon Drake, who they didn't have last last season when the Lions played them. And then you you got the Saints. Now it's at home but it's still the Saints, it's Michael Thomas, Kamara, Drew Brees, all those guys. Yeah. So, like, we're going to find out in the first four games. And I know I, it feels like we say this every year. I was talking to my brother about it. It's like you always say, well, the Lions got to be 500 going into the bye. But they actually do. Like, you you have to because it, it doesn't – it's a tough schedule. Like, that's just they, the fact of the matter. I don't know when's the last time the Lions have kind of just, like, had, like, the first three games where, like, oh, maybe when they went, like, five and one. They haven't had an easy schedule to start the year in a really long time. I think in general, they just kind of got boned this year with the division pairings because the NFC South just got a lot better. And then I think the AFC South is pretty good. Like it's, yeah. it's not, and they got a lot better too. With well, Drake. yeah. I mean, they just got the greatest quarterback ever just dropping into their division. Like all good, you know, all good. Not all the, big deal. Or the NFC well, South. The Bucs are in the NFC South, right? Yeah. No yeah, one cares are. about the fact that Tom Brady is playing on the Bucs is unbelievable. I know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Like, think it, like, they are the most nothing franchise maybe in sports. Like, there's no Tampa Bay Bucks fans. You cannot convince – like, there's yeah, – I don't, I don't know one. Like, I don't know how Florida has three professional football teams. Big state. Yeah, but does that – do they care about any one of them? Landmass. I, I don't know. I, I would assume the Dolphins have the most fans. That's what I would assume. But no one goes to their games, like, ever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, I think some of that also has to do with the fact that it's in Miami. Like, I honestly think the Bucks probably have the best fan base in Florida, and they probably have, like, 40,000 fans in total, and they go every week. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a pretty good assumption. They, they, they're like, I love the pirate ship. Let's get the Raymond James Stadium. We're gonna get, yeah. Let's get her going. I mean, they, they got a Super Bowl. They got a ring. Horrible jerseys. I don't care what anyone says, too. Yeah, their jerseys that stink. color seems Disagree. Brutal. Disagree. You I like love pirates. I like pirates. <laughs> I, everyone likes pirates. Everyone disagree. Likes I love pirates. Here's the they deal. Have a, they they have a great logo. Terrible color scheme. The logo's How great. So if, if you're gonna do the pirate thing, it has to be like black and red, just straight up, like the Falcons yeah. thing. Like don't don't do do not get cute and do like just black and white. Yeah, that too. That's, honestly, that's strong. That's that's very pirate. Yeah, <laughs> that's textbook pirate. <laughs> you got the hey, stone crossbones. crossbones. Come on. Right. Can yeah. I ask you guys this? I want to talk. This is completely off topic from the Lions, and I want to. I, I want to get record predictions from both of you, so we can, we can look back at this episode before we move on to our other stuff today. Am I crazy for thinking that the LA Rams uniforms are like the worst uniforms that exist in sports right now? Here's well, what the problem is with those. They keep doing this shit with like the numbers. <laughs> Just do regular numbers. No, like, but dude, what is like they have like, like a this thing they have the like a name and... they have a name tag patch like what's this like Rams like hi we're the Rams on their fucking jerseys it looks dude, ridiculous I, I, I don't know what the deal is with them I honestly you know they're what it terrible. is terrible they're not a top ten professional team in LA not like in terms of fans <laughs> fans yeah. like like there are more Yankees fans in Los Angeles than than the Rams yeah that's a they fact are terrible well the only team they care in LA is the Lakers basically. Yeah, I I get that, but it's like you you, you try to compensate for that. First of all, never should have left St. Louis. So it's like you you go from St. Louis up to L.A. 
And then all due like, respect to Julian, there wasn't a lot of people going to games in St. Louis. No offense. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But if you ask the, the owner, stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I know. When we're talking about the Rams jerseys, I was saying this to my buddy. Says I had a huge argument because my buddies liked them. And I, I will say this. I'll say this. The helmet is good. I like what they did with the helmet, making it brighter. It's cool. And the jerseys are like they're fine. They're not horrible. The problem is the Rams have had historically good jerseys. And yeah. they could have went back to, like, three different iterations, and they would have been sick. But they decided yep. to, like, try and get flashy for some reason. Yeah. And, and they just looked weird. Like, they should have just went back to the Eric Dickerson era jerseys. Yeah. They kind of went, like, just wear those. Didn't they wear those in the Super Bowl two years ago? Yeah. And they, look, they looked fire, by the way. Yeah, that's they, what they do this. They do this whole ass-backwards thing with, like, the numbers. That's what I'm telling you. That's what it is. It's, the, it's, it's not the trend. The, I, Also, I'm a Michigan State supporter, obviously. You go to school. I, I don't want to – I'm a fan, whatever. We're all fans. I Blue and yellow do not look good. I don't care what shade of blue that's and yellow it is. That's not true. No, that they don't go true. together, bro. Like, those that's, colors do, just the do, Ram- they factually don't go together. That's just, that's, that's just not the, – the old L.A. Rams jerseys in the Eric Dickerson era are sick. Those are yeah, sweet that's, jerseys. That's different because they committed to the blue. It's like, yeah, we got this, like, vibrant yeah, blue. Yeah, the yellow's a huge aspect but of it's, it. It's, like, goldish. It's not, guys, it's not these highlight or yellow. T- guys, they're, they're terrible. Horrible. They're, they're terrible yeah, jerseys. I don't know. Anyways, I, they're not – they're not, like, terrible. The Rams they're, stink. They're a huge downgrade. They're just a huge downgrade. All right. Let's uh, – Collins, how many games the Lions going to win this year? Uh, seven. Trent. Okay, okay, that hurt me. 13, right, Trent? No, Seven's 11. not a terrible 11. prediction. I think that's pretty – Oh, it's a, it's a good prediction. I'm just saying it, it just I, – I hate hearing that. But I got them winning 11 games, 11 and 5. Jesus. I, got, I can't I got tell 10. you where. But if you want me to just real quick, <laughs> 10, 10, you got 10? I can't tell you yeah. where. <laughs> well, we'll I'm just trying them. to say. It's just I, a gut You'll find 11. No, no, no. I, I, could t- I could tell you what I got shocked up right now, but I there's a – Wait, you have it highlighted? Put it back to the screen. Put well, it back to the look, screen. I had a whole spiel, and we're not, <laughs> it looks like we're not really going to get into it. I was going to say no, season, get into it. I, I, okay, well – do your thing I'll and then yeah, do your I'll, thing. I'll do it, get I'll do into it. it. I, I look at the season as a three-part season. Like there's there's three parts here. I think the middle's a little bit easier. The be- beginning and the end are pretty tough because obviously at the beginning we already talked about that. You got the two divisional games, the Cardinals who re-upped, and the Saints are just good. And then in the middle, you know, you got there's pressure to win there. Obviously, there's pressure to win all over the NFL, but it's like you're gonna be favored in the Jaguars game, you're gonna be favored in the Colts game at home. You're going to be favored in the Redskins game at Panthers, Texans on Thanksgiving. Like, you're going to be favored in all those games. So those are the ones you got to win because, like, the fact of the matter is you're probably not going to win at Packers, at Vikings, at Bears is going to be tough. So, you know, you host the Buccaneers. you got to go at Titans who made the AFC Championship game. So I don't know. That's just my thing. I think there's three parts. you got the tough start, then your bye week, middle part until about Thanksgiving, and then from there you got to go at Pack, at excuse me, at Bears, Packers at Titans, Buccaneers, Vikings. And you know what it's going to come down to? It's going to come down to the Buccaneers and the Vikings games week 16 and 17. They're going to have to win both of those. And I think they will because I got, I got them chalked up, but we'll see. We'll see. Is the Texans game on Thanksgiving this year? Yeah, it's it stupid. Is, yeah. That no, no game that is the Jim Schwartz Memorial. Yeah, Jim Schwartz, Jim right, yeah. Schwartz giving them six points. That is the what best picture on the internet. Best picture on the internet. It's not even close. Him chucking a red flag 
out into the middle of the field when you could just politely like put it five yards is like my favorite thing. But yeah, the Jim Schwartz you know Memorial. Patricia did that too. He like rocketed it against the uh, Patriots. It's great. I love that. It's, yeah, no, it, I, it got me fired up. Like that's why I love Jim Schwartz. He was a terrible coach, but he like I want to run through a brick wall for Jim Schwartz. I like a guy who wears his wears his emotion on his sleeve. I might be a dumb person for that, but if you do that, I immediately flock to you. I'm a that's how you that's how you grow the game. You put a target somewhere in the field that changes each week. If your coach can hit the target with his challenge flag, you get an extra challenge. (laughs) You get a timeout. Yeah, you You get get Bill Simmons. Grow the games. That was such a Bill Simmons thing to say. Great comparison, Collins. That was electric. All right. We'll see as the season rolls on. We'll see how we do with our records. I got a feeling that uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I have no feelings. I don't want to talk about it anymore. There's a, first of all, we out. we're gonna have another prediction probably in about like two or three months when the season does start. Hopefully, yeah. in that time. But like facts, facts. Yeah, when Stafford when Stafford retires because he's selling his house, which means he's retiring. He's How I, I love the people freaking out about that. I love it. Who freaked That's out That's why, like, that. I can't do – like, social media is, like, so embarrassing to me. Dude, like, he's Twitter... his house so his kids don't drown in the backyard when his when – when him and Kelly are banging <laughs> right. upstairs. Excuse me. All right, all right. Dude, okay. Lions Twitter is bottom <laughs> one. Jeez. Bottom one human beings. Bottom one human beings <laughs> on the earth. Lions Twitter is that bad. I cannot – it. Like, I have no patience. These people are the dumbest people on planet Earth. Like, the dumb – like, I, I can't – <laughs> They all just – myself included, but not on social media. I don't do it, like, on Yeah, Twitter. no, you don't, but, Trent. You don't the, do that. No, there's people who just like to flaunt, like, I've been a fan forever. That's what they're proud of. They're proud of the <laughs> yeah, fact that I've been a fan. Like, I've been a fan since 72. They haven't won anything. Yeah, yeah it's it. like, oh, <laughs> I ride with this team. It's like, bro, how about you talk about who we just drafted or no, something? Like, don't no, talk – thin- I, I get what you're saying. No, the thing with Lions fans, I know we've talked about this, there's two time, types of Lions fans. There's very minimal people who are just realistic and are like, oh, I hope we do well this year. Like, it, like I'll be really disappointed if yeah. it doesn't go well. There's either the very overly optimistic and then the people who are just way too, like, pessimistic. Okay. You're either like Stafford <laughs> yeah. and the boys who are going 12-4 and four this year on Twitter. I'm like, that's just not true. Okay. And then and, and – and then you'll get the other guy and say, yeah, Stafford's a bum. He's not – Andy Dalton's better. They should bring him in. And then I'm mad at both parties. It's like a mixture of just horrible fans. And I just – bottom one human beings, like on earth maybe, is lying. Okay, so, so let, me, let me ask a question to both of you. We have three people on this podcast. Collins hey. just – he just gave it to you. We got – you're overly optimistic. Here's what I'm going to say. Over, under, one and a half of each on the pod. Over, over, under, one and a half, pessimistic. I would say under. I'm pessimistic. So you're gonna get you're gonna put Rabs on the positive side. Yes, it's under. Dude, Rabs, wait, Rabs is so positive. Dude, I don't look. <laughs> I I like I, I drink the Kool Aid every year, man. It is what it is. They'll win eventually. Yeah. I'll, I'll Dude, by the way, I had a class this year where it talked about how like drinking the Kool Aid is like an insensitive t- subject, like to talk about. Get out of here, dude. That's. I, 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 heard, I heard my professor out, and I was like, I can understand why. But at the same time, I'm like, come on. Like, Drink the jungle juice. Wait, yeah, I don't even get it. I don't e- what, why is it a I – don't, I don't understand. Because of, like, that J- Jonestown or Jamestown thing with the cult. Because they drank Kool-Aid and they all died. Oh. Oh. 
And it's I've like, never, insen- okay. it's like insensitive to their like kids or something. And I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, I never connected those two things in my brain ever. And I'll probably never do it again. Saying. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Interesting. Okay, so let, let's, right let's, let's repeat Scholar this. Ryan. We got Ravs 10 and six, Trent 11 and five, Collins seven and nine. All, yeah. all pretty realistic. Like we'll see. Eleven and five is. I could see. I could see them going ten and six. I could see a scenario. Eleven and five go, won't happen, Trent. I don't. They I don't see a lot. I, they don't. I, they don't win more than ten. They can't. I don't see unless like Stafford is like Peyton in his prime, where he's just chatting, like calling out every audible. He's just carrying them. I find it hard to believe that they could even like remotely win more than ten games. You know what we should do next week? We should do over under Lions props, like over under that how many. That was exactly Stafford, what I was just thinking. How many like, games Stafford starts? Huh? Why would we do that now? Three months before the season. Well, starts? I okay. Because I'm saying at some point <laughs> over under how many how many games does Stafford play this year? Like that kind of stuff. I would set it at fourteen and a half, and I would take the wow, over. Wow, under. See ya. Woo. Well, <laughs> <laughs> see ya. All right, let's let's keep rolling here because Trent's got a family bonfire to go to. We don't want to keep it too long. Uh, I buy do the have numbers. That. We're back to buy the numbers. Sixty-one through seventy. We are getting into some gritty numbers here. This is going to be tough. These next couple weeks, actually, I think from here on out, there's. I don't think there's been a Pistons player that has worn a number lower than like eighty-one now at this point. Well, I think we we picked Buddha for fifty-three. That's going to be the last one. Like I don't know who else. I don't know if it's you know, legal it, to wear number 60 or above in the NBA. Is that legal? Can 91, that? Dennis Rodman, 91. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's an anomaly. 77, Luca. That's true. Yeah. All right, never mind. Bad point. Yeah, Sorry. that was stupid um, of you, Ryan. That is not true un- at all. Unintelligent, uneducated. Okay, <laughs> 61 through 70. I figure we might as well just rifle these off because I don't yeah, know. They, like I Half of these guys I've never heard of in my life. So 61, Trent, who you got? Um, I'm pulling up my list. Go to, go to Collins real quick. Collins, who you got 61? No one, because no, I've n- I've never even <laughs> oh, Green. heard of that. And how about this, Jacob Delarose? Only guy I know is worn sixty-one. Shane Green, Ezekiel Carrera. <laughs> just no kidding, that's that not is. mine. No, you just he, made that he, name. He played up. for the Tigers. No, my real pick, Kerry Hyder. Come Ooh, good on, pick. Dude. No, I like Kerry Hyder. You got good Shane pick. Green. Shane Green, Shane Green was all right. So, Shane okay. Green and Kerry Hyder is similar. I think Jacob Delarose though is the right answer. He had a cool well, name. Dude, he was here for okay. like two years. Okay, fair. Good name. So we, we all, Good you'd, name. Think, you'd think with a number like 61, we'd maybe all kind of agree on somebody because the, best thing, the, the, the choices best thing are pretty Jacob, limited. The best thing Jacob De La Rose ever did for Detroit was bring us Robbie Fabry. That's that why he's the best 61. 62, Al Albuquerque. Yeah, has, not, to be, not, has to be Al. I just want to give a brief moment and talk about Al Albuquerque. <laughs> what the hell do you have to say about Al Albuquerque? He's been waiting for this. Best slider in the MLB for about two weeks. I will never – like, they're like, this guy – Yeah, wow, we can't, just, no one can hit this. They're like, I, I don't know how people are going to get on base. Like, he might be like the Nets like Mariano Rivera. But like, this yeah. ball Who's this is Al Albuquerque guy whose name wraps around his number on his jersey? So electric, great glove. He had a great goatee, and he was a he was a guy when he came in the game. Rod Allen got fired up, which yeah, I always like those did. type of guys. Rod had a couple guys on a team where he would be like, "Oh, I see you, I see you, JV." Like he'll he'll give you a little extra pep in his step. And oh, Al yeah. Albuquerque was one of those guys. <laughs> All right, sixty three. Now we get into the territory of guys that I don't know. Dick Stanfell, played for the Lions, be. apparently. Cool. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. 
Same. <laughs> cool. 64. 64. Jeff Hardings played for the Lions, apparently. Is Travis Swanson? Yes, 64? that's who I got. Travis Swanson, 64. That's only 64 I know, so Travis Swanson, good on you. 65. Collins, who's 65? Uh, Come on, dude. You got this. To Kaiser? Yeah, there you go. Good pick. There's not a better okay. 65, though? That's what no. I said. No. There's not. There's not. There's Blaine Hardy, but he's not better. Oh, yeah. no <laughs> yeah. Blaine Hardy. Blaine. <laughs> Dude, least... Blaine Hardy. I cannot believe Blaine Hardy is still a Tiger. Dude, how about this? Blaine Hardy doesn't get overpaid. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, Danny DeKaiser does. Dude, I, Danny DeKaiser's, like, hurt bad, too, I'm pretty sure. You got a bad back. That's tough. Having a bad back is bottom one injury. I tweaked my back throwing the frisbee today. We won't get into it, but that's uh, uh, sixty-six. Back to back to Lions that I was not around for. Harley Sewell, Sewell, yep, four-time Pro Bowler. How's that sound, Collins? You like that one? Got anyone sixty-six? Sixty-six. I'm trying to think. Uh, sixty-six is a gritty number. Very gritty number. Very offensive guard number. It's yeah. like that's. Well, Adrian Waddle. You guys remember Adrian Waddle? That's oh, yeah. what I was thinking of, but I'll go with your guy. I don't know. Who cares? 67, Ron, or Rob Sims. Yep. Yes, dude. <laughs> Rob <laughs> Sims. The best thing about Rob Sims is he was on the Dan Miller show for 97-1 after they would lose, like, every week. <laughs> well, 97-1 does that after, like, Valenny. Yeah. From, like, two to six, they're like – we're now at Hard Rock Casino Cafe. Dan Miller alongside Rob Sims. Say, hey, Rob, can you tell me about how Stafford threw, like, four picks? Like, and he said, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We, we gave him good protection. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> uh, 68, Collins, your favorite Tiger. Drew Hagen? No, he's 58, isn't he? I don't know. Who cares? Who's 68? Come on, dude. You love this guy. I don't – Hefty lefty. Daniel Stump, dude, come on. Wow. Taylor Decker, oh, Taylor dude, Decker till I die. Your favorite I'll, Tiger, Collins. He's not my favorite Tiger, but I, there was a moment for like two weeks where I thought Daniel Stump was a good setup guy. Like yeah. I was like, what? I was like, he could do some stuff. Try one, Taylor Decker. I don't hate that. Taylor Decker has to be. Uh, number sixty-nine. Nice. I the I think the only human being that has ever wore sixty-nine to try this. I, this is the guy I got, Kyle. Koiser, he started 11 out of 16 games for the Lions in 05. He was here for one year. That's your most iconic 69. Yep. Yeah, nice. Go Kyle Koiser, whatever your name is. Okay, Rabs, we must have had the same website because I yeah, know those. I have, I have those exact stats listed right here. Yeah, we did. He started yeah. 11 games. <laughs> no idea. God bless this guy wherever he is. Number 70, uh, Keith Dorney. Not sure who he is. He's on the website, Trump. Yep, website guy. I'm trying to think of Christopher the number. N. There was like a rotational like lineman the Lions have had a couple of years ago who was 70 and was just so bad. So whoever that random offensive lineman was, you're my pick, number 70. <laughs> well, Cornelius Lucas was, it was, oh. was 77. Cornelius was, Lucas stinks. He was so bad. <laughs> he was 77, I believe. He was next. Bad, next though. week will be a little better, a little better, because you get the seventies. You get back into hockey a little bit, right? Yeah, you do. You do. Seventies and nineties. Yeah. More linemen, more linemen, and Dylan Larkin coming at you next week. Dude, I can't wait to pick Dan Cleary just so I can spend ten minutes yelling about how much I hate Dan Cleary. I can't Dan wait Cleary to pick Lomas school. Brown so I can hear your stories about 
him as a football coach. Coach Lomas, offensive line coach, baby. 75, Lomas Brown. Sneak peek. Listen next week, folks. All right, let's do Who Am I, and we'll get out of here. Are we ready? I got it this week. It's all me. I think, let's see, Collins, you are six and two. Trent is four and three. I don't, Trent, what happened? Why are you a game behind? Did I mess something up? I know Miles did one, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It um, matter. Yeah, I think I, I'm thinking I'm actually like six and one or something like that. So You're not, Trent. Get you, out you can, you know, Trent, you I don't know what six, happened. You haven't I been had six and one week. in any game we've ever done on this show. That's fair. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are we ready? <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I was born in 1981 in Puerto La Cruz, Venezuela. Baseball. <laughs> Definitely baseball. What gave it away? I made my MLB debut on September 7th, 2002 for the Detroit Tigers. My career in Major League Baseball finished in 2016 for the Kansas City Royals. Career stats, 271 average, 82 homers, 542 ribbies. I miss saying ribbies. Ready? Oh, I love nothing better than in, you're in the dugout. Your 12U baseball team had a couple of ribbies today, boys. Here we go, kid. <laughs> okay. I played for the Detroit Tigers from two, in 2002 to 07, again in 2012 to 2013, and had a brief minor league stint uh, in 2016 before I retired, which is why his last major league appearance was Royals in 2016. I was an all-star in 2010. My only all-star appearance, 2010. Wait, you said he came back in 2011, 2012? 12 and 13. He was here for one year. Came back. Uh, the only position I did not play in my career was pitcher, catcher, and first base. I am a second baseman slash shortstop by trade. Got it. Collins now. I got it, it too. I think I got it. I got it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you keep going. But okay, my last couple ones. I started at shortstop for the Tigers in 03. I was traded to the Cubs for Jack Jones. In 2007, I even remember. I actually, I do remember Jack Jones being around. Um, what else did I do? What else did I do? I don't know. That's about it. You guys texted me. Let's go look. Those are all my clues. I'll go find these texts right now. I got this. I'm gonna text you home. Let's see our guesses. Ryan Collins goes Omar Infante. Trent goes Omar Infante. You are both correct. Congratulations, fellas. Number four, I did not know he ended his career on the Royals. He did in 16. Apparently, he came back and was like on the spring training roster for the Tigers coming into the next season. Dude, uh, Omar Fonte uh, seems like a guy who's still playing, though. Like, I thought he was yeah, still playing. Yeah, it's, it's weird he's, yeah, it's weird he's not in the league anymore. He like, never for, like, played with the Cubs, though, did he? He was traded there. I don't there, know, dude. Let me see. I he got I don't traded remember for Fonte Jones. being on the 06 team. I, re- I remember him – well, I actually – I don't remember that, but I remember when he came back and then, like, hearing about how he played for the Tigers before. Him and Ramon. He must have, dude, Trent. He must have played some time – actually, I don't know because it doesn't list him as having played. He got traded to the Cubs in November of 2007, then traded to the Braves in December of 2007. Yeah, he, he probably just got cut by both teams or whatever. Never, but never I was appeared just, in a game. Never appeared yeah, in a game. I don't remember Cubs. him with the Cubs at all. How many, how many games did he play in the 06 Tigers? Uh, I'll go look. Hang on. Hang on. Is that, that's interesting. 
Because I don't remember him on that team. He was on the team. Let me go see. No, but Omar Fonte was good his second come around. Like, he made, like you said, he made an all-star team with the Marlins, I believe. 2006, he played in 78 games. What did he bat? He batted. Well, you're 06, you said? Yeah. 277. Dang. 277? Dude, he, his averages are pretty yeah. damn good. Well, they just had a well, single. I mean, he batted 318. He batted. He batted 318 when he came back in uh, 2013 for the Tigers. Yeah, that was the thing is they had Polanco and Guillen, and that he got took a took a seat uh, when those guys came over. But yeah, could have took. But we had to keep uh, Brandon Inge, baby, best defensive third baseman in the league. Okay, right. I have to I have to say this. Did you, did you guys ever play MLE Power Pros by chance yes. on the Wii? So yes. So Brock and I played it all the time when we were younger. And then we sold it away, and it's been years. But, like, we, he just bought it on eBay. So that's what we've been grinding for the last, like, three nights. They David say Ortiz Brandon Inge's name. They say Brandon Inge. And it pisses wow. me off every time. That Dude, David Ortiz in that game, unfair. Oh, he's a hack. I'll dude, tell you guys. I'll unfair. tell you what. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll tell you what. Brandon Inge jerseys, you will see – all the way up until your last game at whatever stadium the Tigers are playing in before the year that you die. Just so you know. People love Brandon. Brandon Inge was such a polarizing player. You either hated Brandon Inge or you loved him. Couldn't stand him after he embarrassed the Tigers of not hitting a single home run in the Derby. Couldn't stand him. Brandon Inge is an all-time mom's favorite player. Yeah. I love him. that That is very true. Your token white third baseman. You're like the mom said he's kind of cute. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not. Dude, one of my buddies, one of my buddies' moms loved Brandon Inge, and he would always say to her, he'd be like, "Mom, what does he do better than like?" Because she'd be like, "Well, he's a good third baseman." He's like, "What does he do better than like the average third baseman?" He had that one year where he had 20 home runs, and then he didn't hit a zero. He didn't hit a single home run after the All Star break. That was that. <laughs> He, I How does that happen? Two, but like he did, he hit two even. Who knows, dude? Dude, yeah, that was embarrassing. Zero home runs in the home run derby. Not a good look. Tough. But then Prince won it, you know. But never mind, because you know Prince is apparently the fourth or fifth most iconic twenty-eight. We don't have to get he back. Is, you're damn that. right, he is. You're damn right, he is. All right, are we done? Is that it? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Good show, guys. Oh, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know what's – things are starting to move in the state of Michigan as far as yep. things opening back up. I don't know if this might be our last Zoom call. I don't know. I don't well, want to get cocky. I'm, I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on wood if you're with me. But I I might – I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on that. But I, I have a feeling I'll be seeing you guys next oh, week. Oh, yeah, Collins is employed now. He can't come back to East Lansing. So, yeah, it's going to be tri- – I'll try and make it for Sundays. We'll figure it out. All right, we'll figure it out. Well, if that's our last Zoom of what, what an iconic an iconic stamp in the history of the Motown rundown. The, the well, one, we, we kept we kept going. You know, I'm, I'm not going to yeah, say we anything did. negative this is not about a, Okay, else. let's let's not get a. The podcast is ending. <laughs> Sorry, guys. See ya. We could. There's a very good chance I will have to Zoom next week. So let's not. Okay. Okay. Go okay. overboard. I, I guess what Rabs is getting at is that we persisted. When the going yes. got tough, the show the show. When the going go got tough, we downloaded Zoom on our computers. Yes. <laughs> we did do that. We did that. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up today. That's it for the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. 
don't miss a single episode. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. New episodes every week for you. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Motown Rundown, brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM. For all your Michigan State and Detroit sports coverage, visit impact89fm.org sports, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes.